It may have been dicey at times, but the Phillies pull off the series win over the weekend, taking two of three from the Washington Nationals, improving to 19 and 14 on the season in first place in the National League East. This is Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Monday, May the 6th, and we come off a successful weekend of Phillies baseball. Saturday certainly didn't feel very successful. A gut-wrenching loss on Saturday, but they sandwich that gut-wrenching loss with a couple of nice performances, winning 4-2 to on Friday and then handling the Nats yesterday 7 to one. Nice to see the Phillies take care of business again, really beat down on a Nats team that has now won three out of their last 11 games. So the Phillies taking advantage of a team at home like they needed to do before heading on the road to St. Louis and then Kansas City after that. We'll break in, dive into that a little bit later. But looking back on the weekend as the Phillies get it done, again, look, you want to you want to sweep everybody, but if the Phillies keep winning two or three, they will be in very, very good shape come the end of the season as the they got it started on Friday night. A 4-2 victory down at the ballpark. This one was a little dicey as they go down early. Gene Segura gets him up in the first inning with an opposite field home run off Jeremy Hellickson. However, after that, Hellickson pretty tight against them as... He uh, he is uh, pitches well. Nine strikeouts for Jeremy Ellickson. Ultimately, though, uh, will add up another run, though. He didn't give it up himself. We'll get to that. But uh, Phillies get one early. But after that, the Nationals battle back with one in the third. And then Kurt Suzuki, who has just become the, Wash- or the Philadelphia Phillies killer. Suzuki had a monster weekend. He hits homer to make it 2-1 to one in the sixth. Jared Eikhoff goes five innings, one earned run, seven strikeouts, three hits, three walks. Eikhoff just continues to pitch really well. You know, Jared, it's crazy, but right now I think you have to say you feel really good about where Eikhoff is at as a part of this rotation as your fifth starter or fourth starter or whatever you want to call him at this point in the season. But uh, Eikhoff's been really good, and that ERA sitting at 205 on the season, only 87 pitches to get through five is they really haven't pitched, uh, pushed his pitch count much this season, which makes a lot of sense. Look, I think that's understandable as Eikhoff, uh coming off, obviously, a, a season-plus missed. Um, you know, it's nice to see Eikhoff back in pitching, and I think it's smart to really ease him in as much as possible. Eikhoff departs in the fifth. Sir Anthony Dominguez, yet again, Ends up being the winning pitcher, comes in, gives up a run, and uh, the leading run, it was 2-1 to one heading into the sixth, but ultimately we'll get the winners in the bottom of the sixth. The man who continues to be clutch. I feel like every home run this guy hits is a home run that either puts them up late or gives them a lead or whatever. Reese Hoskins with a three-run bomb again. Goes down and golfs one. It seems to be his go-to move or it'll just kind of Put that bat out and launch it out of the ballpark. A monster, monster three-run home run in the sixth inning, scoring Segura and Harper. Phillies would hang on 4-2. to two. The bullpen would take care of it from there. Morgan, a clean inning. Neshek, a clean inning. And then Hector Neris allows a runner, but ultimately gets out of the ninth for his fifth save of the season. The Phillies winning that game 4-2 to two and um, a nice 
resilient performance from the Phils as it was a tightly contested game. Both teams wanted the game tied early. The Nationals take the lead in the sixth, and the Phillies battle right back, take the lead, and able to hang on. It was good to see from a Phillies team that has uh, has struggled at times with bouncing back and. After a Tigers series where they take one of two, it was nice to see them bounce back on Friday. Coming off the win of the Tigers series, use that momentum a little and not get beat down just like in that game against the Tigers. They battle back. Saturday's game comes around. Prior to the game, though, a little bit of roster news. Odubel Herrera back in center field. Much needed, happy to see, but it also means the end of the Aaron Altair era in Philadelphia. Altair designated... For assignment, he will not be back with the team out there. Look, uh, a rough season for out there, batting in like 042 or something in that general range. Just a bad, bad year for out there. You know when the highlight of an outfielder season is his pitching performance in a 15-1 game, 14-1 game, whatever it was at the time. Uh, you know he had a rough year, but... Altair had that great season, what was in 2017, 2016, 2017, and it's never really gotten back to that. 2017, I believe, never gotten back to that, and uh, it's a shame because uh, there's certainly some talent there, some tools, but uh, goodbye, Aaron. Thank you for your service to the Phillies, and I hope you end up somewhere that uh, you get a chance to to flourish. Ultimately, good for the team to have Odubel back. The Phillies head into Saturday's game, and you're feeling pretty good as uh, though they go down one nothing early, they get back on the Nats. They tie it up 1-1 in the first. Then the same thing happens in the third as Dozier hits a... Uh, as the Phillies uh, score again in the second on a Segura double to make it 2-1, but then right in the third, the Nats battle right back. A Brian Dozier home run to make it 2-2 then. Yet again, the seesaw game, 3-2 Phillies on Andrew McCutcheon's single in the fourth. Fifth, Jared uh, Adam Eaton makes it 3-3. And then you get to the seventh inning, and the Nationals take a 5-3 lead. However, after that, the seventh inning rolls around. Uh, it, excuse me, after the seventh, the top of the seventh, the Nationals take a 5-3 lead. But then the bottom of the seventh, the Phillies, Go to work, a Reese Hoskins RBI double, a JT Romuto double, a Sean Rodriguez double, and a Phil Goslin double. It was a double party. In the seventh inning, they take an 8-5 lead. You're feeling pretty good about it. And then the aforementioned Phillies killer, Suzuki. Kurt Suzuki hits a three-run bomb in the bottom of the eighth. Victor Robles would follow with the bomb. They would add on a run of the ninth and win 10 to 8. Just a this was a gut wrencher. Look, not quite on the level of some of the other losses we've seen. Much less the loss we saw to this Washington Nationals team. The last time Victor Robles homered in a game against the Phillies when he hit the home run in the top of the ninth. Two out, two strikes, and the Nats would come back to win the one Soto home run and extras, all that stuff. Was it a homer? Wasn't it a homer? Whatever. Um since then. Uh, the Phillies, uh, certainly that was a more gut-wrenching loss, but this one, the Phillies up 8-5 in the eighth inning and ultimately let it slip away. And in a frustrating manner, too, as uh, Arietta not his best stuff. He was fine. Arietta goes six, gives up three runs, only two earned, seven strikeouts. He was solid. A, a really nice performance from Arietta. Didn't seem like it his best stuff, but a one whip, you know, only five one hits, one walk. So a nice outing from Marietta. And then, unfortunately, it was the bullpen that would give it away. Juan Nicasio allows two runs. None of them earned, but didn't look great then. Uh, Pat Neshek allows two more. And then it was really uh, uh, only one of those he allowed. The interesting call here 
both pulling Arietta after 89 pitches through six. I think I was I didn't I didn't think that was a great call by Kapler, but I, I understood it in the moment. Arietta didn't have his best stuff, and look, um, uh, you know, you need pinch hitters at times and all that. Nicasio just seemed like the wrong pitcher to go to in that spot. Nicasio just really unable to get outs when needed a 4-7-0 ERA on the season after that outing, and that was with an inning with no earned runs. So ERA lower, even though he gave up two runs. But more controversial decision is uh, Nisha gets two outs, runner on uh, in the uh, – uh, two runners on in the um, in the seventh and uh, – and, excuse me, in the eighth. And, uh, and then they bring in Adam Morgan and against a right-handed hitter for Kurt Suzuki, two on – and uh, look, I get it. Look, Adam Morgan up to that point had yet to allow a run all season. Zero. So uh, set a Phillies record with, I think, 16 consecutive scoreless appearances. But um, it wasn't his time. Kurt Suzuki takes him deep. All three runs score. Two of them against Morgan. Uh, as Morgan would allow another run after that, the Victor Robles home run to take the lead. So Morgan gives up two. Nishak technically gives up two, though only uh, he did not actually give up any of those runs as Morgan gave up the three-run bomb and the home run to Robles, of course. Adam Morgan, of course, picks a terrible time to give up his first runs of the season. And it was interesting that Kapler made the switch against a right-handed hitter. You would think there um, that, you know, in that spot, Nishak, very good against right-handed hitters. But ultimately, Kapler makes the move. It ends up backfiring. I'm not going to kill him for it. But I think two curious moves you can point to that ultimately didn't pay dividends in that Saturday game and ultimately a frustrating 10-8 to loss as the Phillies fall to the Nats in game two, but luckily they bounce back in the rubber match yesterday as the Phillies go to work, a 7-1 victory. This one never really in doubt. Zach Afflin just cruising all afternoon, really, really pitched well. Seven innings, five strikeouts, four hits, two walks, only one run allowed as he allowed, can you guess? Yep, the man who homered never game this series, Kurt Suzuki. Goes yard in the fourth inning to make it 2-1 to one after Andrew McCutcheon and Gene Zagura scored on an error in the first inning. A uh, Cesar Hernandez, it, look, it, uh, it was a, a sharply hit ball um, to the first baseman, and it kind of just caromed off his, uh, his glove. Uh, I thought he should have made the play, but at the same time, I would have understood if it was a hit. Either way, it's credited as two unearned runs. The Phillies would score two there in the first. Suzuki would make it 2-1, to one, but then... The Phillies blow it open in the sixth inning, a four-run sixth inning. Zach Eflin, a bunt single that scores a run. Gene Segura scores a run with a ground out, a Bryce Harper RBI single. And then Reese Hoskins, a two-run double to score Segura and Bryce Harper as the Phillies would take the lead 7-1 to there in the sixth, never even come close to relinquishing it. Eflin and then Eniel De Los Santos would come in to pitch two scoreless to shut it down as a, a really nice victory yesterday, a bounce-back victory. Again, that was a frustrating loss, and we know that after the last time the Nats had the Phillies on the ropes after that frustrating loss, the last time Robles hit that home run, the Phillies came back and got waxed 15-1. to So nice to see the Phillies bounce back in the style yesterday, a 7-1 victory as they hop right on a plane after the game, a game played in the rain yesterday, a uh, – a, um, Interesting game. Oh, I forgot to mention, by the way, really quickly before we move on on Friday night, uh, Hector Neris, when he comes in to close, there was a um, 
whole issue with him not coming set and the umpire stops the game and the announcers didn't know what, going, what was going on. I, I thought that was kind of strange, but I figured it was worth mentioning. Not a lot to say there is ultimately he didn't come set uh, completely before pitching, but no one on. I thought it was a little strange, but ultimately he didn't get the round of the game and ended up being a much ado about nothing. The Phillies ultimately win and Nashik and uh, Neris gets the job done, but forgot to mention it when the time came. All right. Uh, so yesterday the Phillies also get it done seven and one. Now, 19 and 14 on the season. They're in first place in the NL East. We'll dive into that coming up as well as looking ahead to the series in St. Louis, plus some stats from the last two weeks as the offense has been up and down, as we know, getting the job done over the weekend. Funny because they put up four on Friday, get a win, seven yesterday, get a win, put up eight on Saturday, unable to get the win as the Phillies' bullpen outbatted the Nationals' bullpen on Saturday. Ultimately, the Nationals' bullpen has been much worse this season, but the Phillies able to take two of three, uh, which was huge, much needed as they're about to head on the road for six to head to St. Louis and take on Kansas City. So coming up, we will look ahead uh, to where they've been. At, uh, we will look back over the last 14 days to see where this offense has been and then look ahead to the matchups as well as where they stand in the NL East and more coming up. It's Phillies today. James Seltzer, we're coming right back. We are back, Phillies today. James Seltzer coming up. We'll look at where the Phillies sit in the National League East and in the National League at large, and then look ahead to the upcoming week in the Midwest. St. Louis then off day Thursday, and then Kansas City. So Monday through Wednesday in St. Louis and Kansas City Friday through Sunday. But before then, I want to quickly look at some of the stats over the last two weeks and then Specifically, one guy who struggled. When you look at the numbers for this team over the last two weeks, there are some clear standouts as Reese Hoskins has just been awesome. 12 games played over the last 14 days. Hoskins with five home runs in those 12 games. 12 RBI. Yes, he is averaging an RBI a game there. 286 average, a 400 OBP, a 762 slugging. So that's an 1162 OPS over the last Two weeks, Hoskins has been the best player on the team over the last two weeks from an offensive perspective. Nice to see from Reese. JT Romuto has also had a nice two weeks as he is batting 297 over the two-week period. Is at a uh, also contributing. He's hit a home run, which is nice. He's seven runs scored. Him and Hoskins both with seven runs scored. Those are the two high watermarks for the team, and that was in 11 games for JT, one less than Reese, that's nice to see over the last couple weeks as well. Gene Segura missed some games over the last couple weeks, so he's only played six games over the last 14 days, but he's made them count as Segura with six runs in those six games, has a home run. He has a only a 4.3K percentage in those six games. My man does not strike out. Also a 0% walk percentage, so he doesn't walk either, but he's batting 455 in the six games since returning a 478 OBP, a 7 73 slugging percentage. That is a uh, over 1250 OPS over the last six games for Segura. He's been awesome. So is Sean Rodriguez, by the way. He's also only been here for six games, but his homered four runs, four RBI. He's a 333 average since coming here, a 455 OBP. He's been a nice player for them as well. Phillies have also gotten a lot of production from Cesar over the last 12 games, the last 14 days. 12 games he is batting. 326 over that stretch with a 356 OBP. McCutcheon has played solid, if not great. Uh, a 217 average. He hasn't been great. McCutcheon has scored some runs, but 
Uh, not a great stretch for him. Nick Williams has struggled. Phil Gosselin has been uh, so-so with a 263 average over that time. The guy who's really struggled, though, has been Bryce Harper. As I think a lot of us know, he's been booed a fair amount uh, a couple times, uh, has struck out a, a abnormal amount over the last uh, uh, month or so, really. Over the last two weeks, look at a 31.3% K rate. That means that a third of the time Bryce Harper steps to the plate, he is striking out a uh, 128 average, a 292 OBP. He's been absolutely horrendous in those 12 games over the last 14 days. And uh, I saw a tweet yesterday after the game. This is from Rudy Gersten on Twitter at DC Barno. And he tweeted, uh, Bryce Harper update. This was yesterday after the Phillies game. Uh, not after, during, excuse me. Booed four straight at bats at home. Strikeouts in five of last six at bats. Betting 229 on the season. Batting 170 since week two. On pace for 211 strikeouts, which would be six most in history. So, not great right now for Bryce. But look, this team is 19 and 14. They're winning games. And Harper will turn it around. He'll find that groove. He always does. And I believe that he will again. But certainly a rough start. So far after that first week of the season when there was such a love fest and such excitement, Harper has certainly underperformed. But it also, look, it should make you feel positive in the sense that I don't think, first of all, at the age of 26, Bryce Harper is all of a sudden just going to start stinking. That's my guess. But regardless, the fact that this team is 19-14, and 14, the fact that other guys in the offense have lifted up their game, Hoskins, Segura, Romuto's played better, McCutcheon's played well at times. I mean... um, Everyone's lifting guys up. Franco's played great at times, as we know. Um, so I think that uh, I think that while it's a bummer that Harper has struggled, where this team is considering his struggles is really impressive. And when he's rolling, this offense can really get going. They could go on a real streak. That could be fun to watch. Speaking of where they're at, the Philly City in eighteen and thirteen right now. They are in first place. Excuse me. They are sitting at 19 and 14 right now. Excuse me. Uh, in the National League, he's in first place. A game and a half up on the Atlanta Braves. The Braves at 18 and 16 after a good weekend of baseball. The New York Mets now three and a half back. The Mets have been struggling under 500, 16 and 18. Uh, three and a half back from the Phillies. And then Washington at 14 and 19. Five back from the Phillies after the weekend. And the Miami Marlins after that. Crazy to see. Um, the uh, the Nationals sitting at 14 and 19 on the season. I think many, including me, expected the Nationals to potentially put up the biggest fight of all the teams in that division. Uh, and and so far they haven't. The Braves have played well since the opening series. Uh, you take out those three losses to start the season. The Braves uh, are now 18 and 13 since the opening weekend against the Phillies, which is a, a nice record to see. But the Nats have really struggled, and Trey Turner's been hurt. Juan Soto, we know we missed this weekend. Anthony Rendon's been hurt for a while. So they've struggled with injuries and struggled to put it together all for that. Uh, you look at the NL Central, the Cardinals and Cubs at the top of the division. They've been jockeying back and forth between the two, so that should be a, a tough matchup coming up. This Cardinals team is no joke. The Phillies will face. Then the Brewers right behind them, and then Pittsburgh, a game over 500. Cincinnati in the basement of the division as they are uh, well back, have been playing better baseball uh, the last uh, um, month than they did the first few weeks of the season. But it's not been great last three weeks, but... Uh, still six games under 500 in the West. The Dodgers out in front. The the Diamondbacks right behind them, only a game back. And 
The Padres only two and a half back of that, and then Colorado starting to play better after a really rough start, 16-19. Then San Francisco in the basement there, six back, but the Dodgers really is when you you know kind of handicap the National League right now and look at how it stands out. You're excited with where the Phillies are at, but uh, man, uh, you can't feel great about uh, how good the Dodgers look. This Dodgers team looks super legit. They're deep. They're talented. They have a lot of guys that they could throw at you, especially against this Phillies team that has struggled against left-handed pitchers at times. The Dodgers can roll out Kershaw and Hill and Urias and all these lefties. And in terms of a rotation, and obviously hopefully the Phillies will make some trades, maybe add a left-handed starter or some more bullpen lefties before the playoffs, but they face a Dodgers team that could roll out the best left-handed hitter in baseball right now in Bellinger. Seager, who's an awesome left-handed hitter. Jock Pearson's a great left-handed hitter. Um, you know, they could just roll out lefties. Max Muncy is a monster. So it's a bad matchup for the Phillies. Bad matchup for everyone, but I think particularly bad matchup for the Phillies. So that's your National League standings update. Look at the American League. The uh, Tampa Bay Rays still out in front. Uh, two games up on the Yankees, who keep winning games, tied with the Phillies uh, record-wise at 19-14. and 14. They keep winning games despite the injuries. Uh, Red Sox bouncing back. They're only one under 500, five back of the Rays. Uh, Central, how about those Twins out in front, two games out of the Indians. They play good baseball. And then the uh, Astros, two out in front of the West. They play good baseball. Oakland disappointing at 15 and 21. All right, time to look ahead. As we get ready for a six-game week of baseball as the Phillies will head to St. Louis, then to Kansas City before they return home for a seven-game week next week against the Brewers, four against the Brewers, and then three against Colorado. So a monster week next week. So this will be a big week in the Midwest before returning home tonight. 8 o'clock on ESPN, Vince Velasquez takes the hill to take on Miles Mikolas. Mikola is a nice, young, talented pitcher. The Cardinals signed him to a long-term deal after the season of uh, last season. Really nice pitcher. That's a, a hasn't had a great year so far, but that's a tough matchup for Vinny. Sat uh, on Tuesday, game two. Aaron Nola will take the deal against Dakota Hudson, another youngster for the Cardinals who has been not nearly as good as the others um, that they will face in Mikolas, and then uh, Wednesday starter, but. Uh, hopefully we can continue to see Nola improve that last outing. The curveball looked like it was fooling batters a little bit more. Maybe we get to see a little bit something closer to vintage Nola than we've seen. Fingers crossed on that one. Then Wednesday, a day game for the Phillies. one fifteen start in St. Louis. Jared Eichoff will take the deal against Jack Flaherty. Flaherty, one of the best young pitchers in baseball. Really talented kid. Has had some ups and downs this year, but that's going to be a tough one, though. Eichoff's been great. And uh, in general, the St. Louis lineup is stacked. Goldschmidt went there this offseason. He's been great for them. Uh, Colton Wong at second base, bats like 7th or 8th in the lineup most days. He's a nice player. Paul DeYoung, their shortstop, is just a, a beast. He's been great. The outfield with Marcelo Zuna out there. They got Yo- uh, Yadier behind the plate. Matt Carpenter. They're a really talented team. They got a lot of bats. They got guys who can th- they can throw at you. So this isn't going to be a fun series. This isn't going to be an easy series. This is going to be a serious series. The Cardinals are right there with the Cubs at the top of the National League uh, Central for a reason. And the Phillies are in first place with the National League East. This is a big series. This is a fun series. This is a measuring six series here at the beginning of May. As uh, I think the Cardinals are a really good team. Top to bottom, they're talented. They're well-managed. Um, 
a lot of really talented arms, uh, both starters and the bullpen. Their closer, Jordan Hicks, has, uh, get this, the 25 fastest pitches thrown this season are all from him, which is pretty crazy. So I think it's a big, big series. This will be a fun measuring six series, see where this Phillies team is at heading into St. Louis. Then after that, three in Kansas City, of course, we'll break that down as the week goes on. And then, again, a huge week next week, returning home for the Rockies, first four with the Brewers, then the Rockies after that. So a lot of fun baseball coming up. 13 days. uh, Over the next 14 days, we have 13 days with baseball. So it should be a lot of fun. Six this week, starting tonight in St. Louis. We'll be back to break it down and a whole lot more tomorrow. So thank you for listening to Phillies today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network.